0: Hello and welcome back to Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Now that we've completed Shakespeare and Chekhov's canons, our troupe of professional and amateur theater lovers together is taking on great works across mediums. So from Aaron Sorkin to indie playwrights, Valentine's rom-coms, French classics, Greek tragedies, so much more. We've got everything coming up for you. So Shaw, Stoppard, Moliere, Ephron, and so much more coming down the pike. So for you to enjoy an audio form here on our podcast feed, Or if you want to catch all of our costumes, props, effects, and unplanned pet appearances, um, all of our readings are also available on our YouTube channel. Just search My Entertainment World and you'll see it there. Um, Please keep in mind that these are genuinely cold readings. We're publishing unedited, so bear with us through some stumbles, tangents, and of course every time someone's accidentally on mute. Um, That happens all the time. Sometimes people don't show up. You just got to bear with us. Uh, So to make sure you don't miss any of our content, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or on our podcast feed where you'll find episodes of all our favorite ongoing series, including this one, of course, as well as the Shakespeare series, the favorite series, Corona Movie Club, exclusive interviews, as well as our annual MLB Roundtable discussion, which is my very favorite thing we do. So follow us on social media at myentworld, my E-N-T world. Um, And of course, check out the website, myentertainmentworld.ca, where you can find all of the above, as well as reviews, editorials, artist spotlights, and so much more. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the show. Part two of our modern Greek interpretation season is Sarah Rule's Eurydice, which is one of my favorite plays. I've seen it produced many, many times, and each time is so different. Um, One of the things you'll notice in the stage directions read here by Christopher Prentice is that Sarah Rule leaves the the direction really, really open. Uh, she tells you what's supposed to happen, but it's sort of impossible to actually do what she says. Um, a lot of it is, you know, for example, Eurydice arrives in the underworld in an, a raining elevator. Well, okay. What does that mean? Are we supposed to hire somebody to build an elevator for that and have a rain effect happen? I I've seen that done. I've seen someone just use the money and buy it um but i've also seen really clever independent um independent productions that have problem solved it and done it taken it as a metaphor i've had some i've seen one where they like passed her into the underworld using clown acrobatics yes that sounds insane but it was amazing um that was the independent drama society in boston it was fantastic but it, the openness of this script the strangeness that sort of everything's a metaphor and therefore everything can't possibly done exactly because it's too big and too surreal. And so, okay, how do we make it our own and how do we do that with our limited resources lends this, uh, a sense of imagination and whimsy that is really unique. Um, and, and it's just got such a beautiful sort of light tone to it. Um, Eurydice is also Orpheus and Eurydice is also such a famous, such a beautiful story, um, heartbreaking story. And there's a reason it's been re- interpreted and reinterpreted so many times and is such a classic story you know there's a there's an opera version of this play there is uh this story is the basis for Hades town, which is a very popular uh musical um it's really it's one that's been told over and over and over again um uh, because there's something so relatable and so heartbreaking about it um and this in the way rule really elevates the character of the father here played by Weldon Gorey, just absolutely heartbreakingly. Um, and then sort of make turns, uh, the, like the Lord of the Underworld, into this sort of cartoonish symbol for so many of the things in the real world that are corrupting. Um, there's there's just so many beautiful little touches in this in this play. Um, our core core duo here are played by Saya Floyd um, and Mark Crater. Uh, Mark, again, playing um, sort of just a lovely sort of wooing every man, which is a hit I really love for Mark and uh, Saya as Eurydice and Saya has this beautiful serenity to her um, that is incredibly captivating and made for a very lovely Eurydice. Um, So I really hope you enjoy this play um, because it was it was a really special read for me.
1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to Corona Cold Reads. This evening we'll be reading Eurydice by Sarah Rule. The cast is Eurydice, Sia Floyd. Hello. The father, Weldon Gory. Hello. Orpheus, Mark Crater.
2: Hi there, guys.
1: A nasty, interesting man, Laura Hubbard. Hello. The lord of the underworld, Shailen Bass McFall. Hello big stone elizabeth morris hello little stone melissa wright hi loudstone nicole falgu
3: hello
1: and i'm christopher prentice and i will be reading stage directions so here we go eurydice by sarah rule first movement scene one a young man orpheus and a young woman, Eurydice. They wear swimming outfits from the 1950s. Orpheus makes a sweeping gesture with his arm, indicating the sky.
3: All those birds. Thank you.
1: (laughs) He nods. They make a quarter turn, and he makes a sweeping gesture, indicating an invisible sea.
3: And the, the sea? For me? When?
1: Orpheus opens his hands.
3: Now, it's mine already. Wow.
1: They kiss. He indicates the sky.
3: Surely not. Surely not the sky and the stars too? (laughs) That's very generous. Perhaps too generous? Thank you. Now, Walk over there.
1: Orpheus walks in a straight line in an unseen boardwalk.
3: Don't look at me.
1: He turns his face away from hers and walks.
3: Now, stop.
1: He stops. She runs and jumps into his arms. He doesn't quite catch her, and they fall down together. She crawls on top of him and kisses his eyes.
3: What are you thinking about? Music. How can you think about music? You either hear it or you don't.
2: I'm hearing it, then. Oh.
3: I read a book today. Did you? Yes, it was very interesting. That's good. Don't you want to know what it was about? Of course. There were stories. About people's lives, how some come out well, and others come out badly.
2: Do you love the book?
3: Yes, I think so. Why? It can be interesting to see if other people, like dead people who wrote books, agree or disagree with what you think. Why? Because... It makes you a larger part of the human community. It had very interesting arguments.
2: Oh. And arguments that are interesting are good arguments?
1: Well, yes. I
2: didn't know an argument should be interesting. I I thought it should be right or wrong.
3: Well, these particular arguments were very interesting.
2: Maybe you should make up your own thoughts instead of reading them in a book.
3: I do. I (laughs) do think up my own thoughts.
2: (laughs) I know you do. I love how you love books. Don't be bad. I made up a song for you today.
3: Did you? Yeah.
2: It's not interesting or not interesting. It just is...
3: Please sing it for me. It has
2: too many parts. So long, so
3: Let's go into the water.
1: They start walking arm in arm on extensive, unseen boardwalk toward the water.
2: Oh, oh, uh, wait. Remember this melody, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm back at remembering melodies. Why don't you remember it?
2: Well, I have 11 others in my head, making for a total of 12. You have it?
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, I think so.
2: Let's hear it. Mm, Uh...
3: Oh, okay, okay. It's
2: pretty good. The rhythms a little off. Here. Uh clap it out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Is that right (laughs) oh we'll
2: practice we'll practice
3: i don't need to know about rhythm i have my books
2: don't books have rhythm
3: kind of let's go in the water
2: will you remember my melody under the water
3: yes i will always remember your melody it will always be imprinted on my heart like wax thank you You're welcome. When are you going to play me the whole song?
2: When I get 12 instruments.
3: Where are you going to get 12 instruments?
2: I'm going to make each strand of your hair into an instrument. Your hair will stand on end as it plays my music and becomes a hair orchestra. It will fly you up into the sky.
3: I don't know if I want to be an instrument. Why? Oh, won't I fall down when the song ends?
2: Hmm, That's true. But the clouds will be so moved by your music that they will fill up with water until they become heavy and you'll sit on one and fall gently down to earth. How about that?
3: Okay.
1: They stop walking for a moment. They gaze at each other.
2: It's settled then. What is? Your hair will be my orchestra and (laughs) I love you. I love you too. (laughs) How will you remember?
3: That I love you? (laughs) Yes. That's easy. I can't help it.
2: Well, you never know. I'd better tie a string around your finger to remind you.
3: Is there string at the ocean?
2: I always have string. In case I come upon a broken instrument.
1: He takes out a string from his pocket. He takes her left hand. This hand. He wraps string deliberately around her fourth finger.
2: Is... This too tight?
3: No, it's fine.
2: There. Now you'll remember.
3: That's a very particular finger. Yes. You're aware of that?
2: Yes.
3: How aware?
2: Very aware.
3: Orpheus Are we? You tell me. Yes, I think, I think so.
2: You think so?
3: I wasn't thinking, I mean, yes, just yes. (laughs) Yes? Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: (laughs) May our lives be full of music.
1: Music. He picks her up and throws her into the sky.
3: you could also get me another ring? A gold one to put over the string, you know?
2: Whatever makes you happy. Do
3: you still have my melody? It's right here.
1: They look at each other.
3: What are you thinking about?
1: Music. Just kidding.
2: I was thinking about you. And music.
3: (laughs) Let's go in the water. I'll race you.
4: She puts on her
1: swimming goggles.
3: (laughs) I'll race you. I'll race you. I'll race you.
1: They race toward the water. Scene two. The father, dressed in a gray suit, reads from a letter.
4: Dear Eurydice. A letter for your wedding day. There is no choice of any importance in life but the choosing of a beloved. I haven't met Orpheus, but he seems like a serious young man. I understand he's a musician. If I were to give a speech at your wedding, I would start with one or two funny jokes. Then I might offer some words of advice. I would say... Cultivate the arts of dancing and small talk. Everything in moderation. Court the companionship and respect of dogs. Grilling a fish or toasting bread without burning requires singleness of purpose, vigilance, and steadfast watching. Keep quiet about politics, but vote for the right man. Take care to change the light bulbs. Continue to give yourself to others, because that's the ultimate satisfaction in life. To love, accept, honor, and help others. As for me, this is what it's like being dead. The atmosphere smells, and there are strange, uh, high-pitched notes, like a tea kettle always boiling over, but it doesn't seem to bother anyone. And for the most part, there is a pleasant atmosphere, and you can work and socialize, much like at home. Working in the business world, and it seems that here you can better see the far reaching consequences of your actions. Also, I'm one of the few dead people who still remembers how to read and write. That's a secret. If anyone finds out, they might dip me in the river again. I write you letters. Don't know how to get them to you. Love.
1: Your father. He drops the letter as though into a mail slot. It falls on the ground. Wedding music. In the underworld, the father walks in a straight line as though he is walking his daughter down the aisle. He is affectionate, then solemn, then glad, then solemn, then amused, then solemn. He looks at his imaginary daughter. He looks straight ahead. He acknowledges the guests at the wedding. He gets choked up. He looks at his daughter and smiles an embarrassed smile for getting choked up. He looks straight ahead, calm. He walks. Suddenly he checks his watch. He exits in a hurry. Scene three Eurydice by a water pump. The noise of a party from far off.
3: I hate parties. And a wedding party is the biggest party of all. All the guests arrive, and Orpheus is taking a shower. He's always taking a shower when the guests arrive so he doesn't have to greet them. Then I have to greet them. A wedding is for fathers and daughters. The mothers all dress up, trying to look like young women. But a wedding is for a father and a daughter. They stop being married to each other that day. I always thought there would be more interesting people at my wedding.
1: She drinks a cup of water from the water pump. A nasty, interesting man wearing a trench coat appears.
5: Are you a homeless person? No. Oh. Well, I'm on my way to a party where there are really very interesting people. Would you like to join me?
3: No, I just left my own party.
5: You were giving a party and you just left? I was thirsty. You must be a very interesting person to leave your own party like that. Thank you. Oh, you mustn't care at all what other people think of you. I always say that's the mark of a really interesting person, don't you? I guess. So, would you, uh, like to accompany to this, uh, interesting affair?
3: Oh, no, thank you. I- I just got married, you see.
5: Oh. Lots of people do that.
3: That's true. Lots of people do. What's your name? Eurydice. Eurydice? Goodbye, then. Goodbye.
1: She exits. He sits by the water pump. He notices a letter on the ground. He picks it up and reads it.
5: Hmm. Dear Eurydice.
1: Musty dripping sounds. Scene four. The father tries to remember how to do the jitterbug in the underworld. He does the jitterbug with an imaginary partner. He has fun. Orpheus and Eurydice dance together at their wedding. They are happy. They have had some champagne. They sing together.
2: Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. No, no, no. Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me till I come marching on.
1: On the other side of the stage, the father checks his watch. He stops doing the jitterbug. He exits in a hurry.
2: Don't go walking down Lover's Lane with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. No, no, no. Don't go walking down Lover's Lane with anyone else but me till I come marching home. <laughs>
3: Worm, are you? Warm? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a drink of water. No, don't go. I'll be right back. Promise. Yes.
2: I can't. I can't stand. Let you out of my sight today.
1: moose. <laughs> they kiss. Scene five. Eurydice at the water pump, getting a glass of water. The nasty, interesting man appears.
3: oh you're still here
5: yeah i i got to tell you something i have a letter addressed to Eurydice that's you from your father that's not possible uh you wrote down some uh thoughts for your wedding day
3: Let me see.
5: I uh, left it at home. It got delivered to my elegant high rise apartment by mistake.
3: Why didn't you say so before? Well, you left in such a hurry. From my father? Yes. You're sure? Yes. I knew he'd send
5: something. Oh, it'll take just a moment. I live around the block. Oh, what an interesting dress you're wearing.
3: Thank you.
1: Scene six. Orpheus from the water pump.
3: Eurydice?
2: Eurydice!
1: Scene seven. The sound of a door closing. The interesting apartment. A giant loft space with no furniture. Eurydice and the man enter. Panting. Ah. Uh. Hold on a
5: second.
3: voila you are very high up
5: mm. oh, i am that, that is correct i feel very correct
3: i, I feel neat oh it'll pass Have you ever thought about installing an elevator?
5: No, uh, I prefer stairs. I think uh, architecture is so interesting, don't you? Oh, yes. So where's the letter? But isn't this an interesting apartment building?
3: It's so... high up. Yes. There's no one here. I thought you were having a party?
5: Uh I like to celebrate things quietly with a few other, uh, interesting people, don't you? Would you? Like some champagne?
3: Uh, maybe some water.
5: Mm. Water it is. Make yourself comfortable.
1: He switches on Brazilian mood music. He exits. Eurydice looks around.
3: I can't stay long.
1: She looks out the window. She is very high up.
3: Uh, I can see my wedding from here. Oh, Mall, You're dancing. There's Orpheus. He's not dancing. So, who's this guy you're marrying? Uh, his name is Orpheus.
1: As he attempts to open champagne offstage.
5: Ugh. <clears throat> uh, Orpheus. Not a very interesting name. I've heard it before.
3: Oh, Maybe you've heard of him. He's kind of famous. He plays the most beautiful music in the world, actually. I can't hear you. So the letter was delivered here today? That's right. Through the post? It was
5: mysterious.
1: The sound of champagne popping. He enters with one glass of champagne. Voila! He drinks the champagne.
5: So, Eurydice, tell me one thing. Name me one person you find interesting. Why? Oh, just making
3: conversation. Great. Um, all the interesting people I know are dead or
5: Well, I don't speak French, Eurydice.
1: (laughs) He takes one step toward her, she takes one step back.
3: I'm I'm sorry, I have to go. There's no letter. is there.
5: Oh, of course there's a letter.
3: It's, uh...
5: Right here. Eurydice... I'm not interesting. But I'm strong. You could teach me to be interesting. I would listen. Orpheus is too busy listening to his own thoughts. There's music in his head. Try to pluck the music out and it bites you. I'll bet you had an interesting thought today, for instance. I bet you're always having them. The way you tilt your head to the
3: side and stare.
1: Musty dripping sounds.
3: I feel dizzy all of a sudden. I want my husband. I think I'd better go now.
5: Oh, you're free to go. Whenever you
3: like. I know. I think I'll go now, in fact. I'll just take my letter first, if you don't mind.
1: She holds out her hand for the letter. He takes her hand. Relax. She takes her hand away. Goodbye. She turns to exit. He blocks the doorway.
5: Wait. Eurydice, don't go. I love you. Oh, no. You need to get yourself a... real man. A man with broad shoulders like me. Orpheus has long fingers that would... Tremble to pet a bull or pluck a bee from a hive.
3: How do you know about my husband's fingers? A man who can
5: put you in his, put his big arm around your little shoulder as he leads you through the crowd. A man who answers the door at parties. A man with uh, big hands, with big stupid hands like potatoes. A man who can carry a cow in labor.
1: The man backs Eurydice against the wall.
5: My lips were meant to kiss your eyelids. That's obvious. Close
3: your eyes, then.
1: He closes his eyes, expecting a kiss. She takes the letter from his breast pocket. She slips by him and opens the door to the stairwell. He opens his eyes. She looks at the letter.
3: It's his handwriting. Of course it is.
1: He reaches for her.
3: Uh, goodbye.
1: She runs for the stairs. She wavers off balance at the top of the stairwell.
5: Oh, Don't do that. You'll trip. There are six hundred stairs. Orpheus!
1: Orpheus from the water pump. Eurydice! She runs, trips, and pitches down the stairs holding her letter. She follows the letter down, down, down. Blackout. A clatter, strange sounds, xylophones, brass bands, sounds of falling, sounds of vertigo, sounds of breathing. Second movement. The underworld. There is no set change. Strange watery noises. Drip, drip, drip. The movement to the underworld is marked by the entrance of stones. Scene one.
3: We We are a chorus of stones. I'm a little stone. I'm a big stone. I'm a loud stone. We We are are all all three stones. stones. We live with the dead people in the land of the dead. Eurydice was a great musician. Orpheus was his wife. Orpheus was a great musician. Eurydice was his wife. She died. Then he played the saddest music. Even we, the stones, stones, cried when we heard it.
1: The sound of three drops of water hitting a pond.
3: Oh, look, she is coming into the land of the dead now. Oh, oh. Oh, we might say, poor Eurydice. But stones don't feel bad for dead people.
1: The sound of an elevator ding. An elevator door opens. Inside the elevator, it is raining. Eurydice gets rained on inside the elevator. She carries a suitcase and an umbrella. She is dressed in the kind of 1930s suit that women wore when they eloped. She looks bewildered. The sound of an elevator ding. Eurydice steps out of the elevator. The elevator door closes. She walks toward the audience and opens her mouth, trying to speak. There's a great humming noise. She closes her mouth. The humming noise stops. She opens her mouth for a second time, attempting to tell her story to the audience. There is a great humming noise. She closes her mouth. The humming noise stops. She has a tantrum of despair. Stones speak to the audience.
3: Eurydice, Eurydice, wants, Eurydice wants to speak, wants speak to you, but, you, but she to can't, you. can't, speak, but she but can't but speak her language, language anymore. anymore. She talks in but the language of dead people. It's a very it's a quiet language. language, like if the pores in your face opened up and talked, like potatoes sleeping in the dirt.
1: Little Stone and Loudstone look at Big Stone as though that was a dumb thing to say.
3: Pretend that you understand her or she'll be embarrassed. Yes, pretend for a moment that you understand the language of Stones. Listen to her the way you would listen to your own daughter if she died too young and tried to speak to you across long distances.
1: Eurydice shakes out her umbrella. She approaches the audience. This time, she can speak.
3: There was a roar and a coldness. I think my husband was with me. What was my husband's name?
1: She turns to the stones.
3: My husband's name. Do you know it? How strange. I don't remember. It was horrible to see his face when I died. His eyes were two black birds, and they flew to me. I said, no, stay where you are. He needs you in order to see. When I got through the cold, they made me swim in a river, and I forgot his name. I forgot all the names. I know his name starts with my mouth shaped like a ball of twine. Or Or forget they took me to a tiny boat I could only just fit inside I looked at the oars and I wanted to cry I tried to cry but I just drooled a little I'll try now what happiness it will be to cry I was not lonely, only alone with myself, begging myself not to leave my own body, but I was leaving. Goodbye, head, I said. It inclined itself a little, as though to nod to me in a solemn kind of way.
1: She turned to the stones.
3: How do you say goodbye to yourself?
1: A train whistle. Eurydice steps onto a platform, surveying a large crowd.
3: A train! A train! The station is like a train, but there is no train. The train has wheels that are not wheels. There is the opposite of a wheel, and the opposite of smoke, and the opposite of a train.
1: A train pulls away.
3: Oh. I'm waiting for someone to meet me. I think.
1: Eurydice's father approaches and takes her baggage. Eurydice.
3: At last, a porter to meet me. Do you happen to know where the bank is? I need money. I've just arrived. I need to exchange my money at the bureau to change. I didn't bring any traveler checks with me because I left in a hurry. They didn't even let me pack my suitcase. There's nothing in it. That's funny, right? (laughs) Funny. I suppose I can buy new clothes here really love a bat. Eurydice. Oh, what language? What is that language you're speaking? It gives me tingles. Say it again.
4: Eurydice.
3: Ooh, it's like a fruit. Again?
4: Eurydice. I'm your father.
3: Eurydice. I'm your father. How funny. You remind me of something, but I can't understand a word you're saying. Say it again. Your father. Shut up! Shut, shut up! Shut up! Get up. She, she doesn't, doesn't understand, understand you. you. She's dead She's now. She's dead too. now. You have you to have speak to the speak. language have of the, the stone language. stones.
4: You're dead now. I'm dead too.
3: Yes, that's right. I need a reservation for the fancy hotel.
4: When you were alive, I was your father.
3: Father Father is not a word word that dead people people understand. understand. He is what we call subversive.
4: When you were alive, I was your tree.
3: A tree? Yes, the tall one in the backyard. I used to sit all day in its shade.
1: She sits at the feet of her father. Ah.
3: There. Shade. There is a problem here. Is there any entertainment at the hotel? Any dancing ladies, like with the great big fans?
4: I named you Eurydice. Your mother named all the other children, but Eurydice I chose for you.
3: Be careful, sir.
4: Eurydice. I wanted to remember your name. I asked the stones. They said, forget the names. The names make you remember.
3: We told you how it works.
4: One day it would not stop raining. I heard your name inside the rain. Somewhere between the drops, I saw falling letters. Each letter of your name. I began to translate. E. I remembered elephants. U. I remembered ulcers the under. R. I remembered reindeers. I saw them putting their black noses into snow. Y. Youth, and yellow. D. Dog, dig. Daughter. Day. Time poured into my head. Days of the week. Hours. Months.
3: Three talks so beautifully. Don't listen. I feel suddenly hungry. Where's the porter who met me at the station? Here I am. I would like um, a continental breakfast, please. Um, Maybe some rolls and butter. Oh, and jam. Um, Please take my suitcase to my room, if you would.
4: I'm sorry, miss, but there are no rooms here.
3: What? No rooms? Where do people sleep?
4: People don't sleep here.
3: I have to say I'm very disappointed. It's been such a tiring day. I've been traveling all day. First on the river, then on an elevator that rained, then on a train. I thought someone would meet me at the station. Don't Don't cry. cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. I don't know where I am, and there are all these stones, and I hate them. They're horrible. I want a bath. I thought someone would meet me at the station.
4: Don't be sad. I'll take your luggage to your room.
3: There There are are no no rooms. rooms.
1: He picks up her luggage. He gives the stones a dirty look. The sound of water and rusty pipes. Scene 2. Orpheus writes a letter to Eurydice.
2: Dear Eurydice I miss you. Dear Eurydicee, symphony for twelve instruments. Love,
1: Orpheus. He drops the letter as though into a mail slot. Scene three. The father creates a room out of string for Eurydice. He makes four walls and a door out of string. Time passes. It takes time to build a room out of string. Eurydice observes the underworld. There isn't much to observe. She plays hopscotch without chalk. Every so often, the father looks at her, happy to see her. While he makes her room out of string, she looks back at him, polite. Scene four. The father has completed the string room. He gestures for Eurydice to enter. She enters with her suitcase.
3: Thank you. That will do.
1: She nods to her father. He doesn't leave.
3: Oh, um, I suppose you want a tip. Uh, would you run a bath for me?
4: Yes, miss.
1: He exits the string room. Eurydice opens the suitcase. She is surprised to find nothing inside. She sits down inside her suitcase. Scene five.
2: Dear, you were to see. I love you. I'm going to find you. I play the saddest music now that you're gone. You know that I hate writing letters. Oh, give this letter to a worm. I hope he finds you. Love, Orpheus.
1: He drops the letter as though into a mail slot. Scene six. The father enters the string room with a letter on a silver tray.
4: There's a letter for you, miss.
3: A letter? A letter. It's addressed to you. addressed to you there's dirt on it
1: eurydice wipes the dirt off the letter she opens it she scrutinizes it she does not know how to read it she puts it on the ground takes off her shoes stands on the letter and shuts her eyes she thinks without language for the thought the melody there's no place like home Miss
3: What is it?
4: Would you like me to read you the letter?
3: Read me the letter.
4: You can't do it with your feet.
1: The father guides her off uh, guides her off the letter, picks it up and begins to read.
4: Uh, it's addressed to Eurydice. That's you. That's you. You. It says I love you. I love you? It's like your tree.
3: Tall? Green?
4: It's like sitting in the shade. Oh. It's like sitting in the shade with no clothes on.
3: Oh, yes.
4: I'm going to find you. I play the saddest music. Music? It's like that. Go on. You know I hate writing letters. I'll give this letter to a worm. I hope he finds you. Love, Orpheus. Orpheus. Orpheus.
3: That word. It's like I can't, I can't breathe. Orpheus, my husband.
1: Scene seven.
2: Dear Eurydice, last night, I dreamed that we climbed Mount Olympus and we started to make love and all the strands of your hair were were little faucets and water was streaming out of your head. And I said, why is water coming out of your hair? And And you said, gravity is very compelling. And then... We jumped off Mount Olympus and flew through the clouds, and you held your knee to your chest because you skinned it on on a sharp cloud, and then we fell into a salty lake. Uh, Then I woke up, and the window frightened me, and uh, I thought, I thought, Eurydice is dead. Then I thought, who is Eurydice? Then the whole room started to float, and I thought, what are people... (laughs) Then my my bedclothes smiled at me with a, a crooked green mouth, and I, and I thought, who am I? Eh, it scares me, Eurydice. Please come back. <sighs> Love, Orpheus.
1: Scene 8. Eurydice and her father in the string room Did you get my letters
3: No You wrote me letters Every day What did they say
4: Oh nothing much the the usual stuff
3: Tell me the names of my brothers and sisters my mother and brothers and sisters
4: I don't I think that's a good idea. It won't make you sad.
3: I want to know.
4: It's a long time to be sad.
3: I'd rather be sad. Being, Being sad, is, sad not is, is not allowed. allowed. Act, Act like, like a, stone. a stone.
1: Scene nine. Time shifts. Eurydice and her father in the string room.
3: Teach me another.
1: Ostracize.
3: What does it mean?
4: To exclude. The Greeks decided who to banish. They wrote the name of the banished person on a white piece of pottery called Ostrakon.
3: Ostrakon. Another.
4: Peripatetic. From the Greek, it means to walk slowly, speaking of weighty matters in bare feet.
3: Parapatetic a learned fruit wandering through the snow. Another. Defunct. Defunct.
4: It means dead in a very abrupt way, not the way I died, which was slowly, but all at once in cowboy boots.
3: Tell me a story of when you were little.
4: Well, there was the time your uncle shot at me with a BB gun, and I was mad at him, so I swallowed a nail. Uh, Then there was the time I went to a dude ranch, and I was riding a horse, and I lassoed a car. The lady driving the car got out and spanked me, and your grandmother spanked me, too.
3: Remember the Christmas when she gave me a doll, and I said, If I see one more doll, I'm going to throw up.
4: I think Grammy was a little surprised when you said that.
3: Tell me a story about your mother.
4: The most vivid re- recollection I have of mother was seeing her at parties and and in the house playing piano. When she was younger she was extremely animated. She she could really play the piano. She could play everything by ear. They called her Flaming Sally. I
3: never saw Grammy play the piano.
4: She was never the same after my father died. My father was a very gentle man.
3: Tell me a story about your father.
4: My father and I used to duck hunt. We would call up old Frank the night before and ask, Where are the ducks moving tonight? Frank was a guide and a farmer. Old Frank, he could really call out the ducks. It was hard for me to kill the poor little ducks, but you get caught up in the fervor of it. You would get as many as 10 ducks. If you went over the limit, there were only so many ducks per person. Father would throw the ducks to the side of the creek we were paddling on and make sure there was no game warden. If the warden was gone, we'd run back and get the extra ducks and throw them in the back of the car. My father was never a great conversationalist, but he loved to rhapsodize about hunting. He would always say, if I ever have to die, it's in a duck pond. And, and he did.
3: There was something I always wanted to ask you. It was how to do something? No. Or a story? Or someone's name? I
4: forget. Don't worry. You'll remember. There's plenty of time.
1: Scene 10. Orpheus writes a letter.
2: Dear Eurydice, I wonder if you miss reading books in the underworld.
1: Orpheus holds uh, the collected works of Shakespeare with a long string attached. He drops it slowly to the ground. Scene 11. Eurydice holds the collected works of Shakespeare.
3: What is this?
1: She opens it. She doesn't understand it. She throws the book to the ground.
3: What are you?
1: She's wary of it, as though it might bite her. She tries to understand the book. She tries to make the book do something.
3: What do you do? What? What do you do? Are you a thing or a person? Say something. I hate you.
1: She stands on the book, trying to read it. Damn you. She throws the book at the stones. They duck.
3: That is not allowed.
1: Drops of water. Time passes. The father picks up the book. He brushes it off. The father teaches Eurydice how to read. She looks over his shoulder as he reads out loud from King Lear.
4: We two alone will sing like birds in the cage when thou dost ask my blessing. I'll kneel down and ask of thee forgiveness. So we'll live and pray and sing.
1: Scene 12. Orpheus with the telephone.
2: Okay. For Eurydice. E-U-R-Y... Yeah, that's right. No. There's no last name. Well, it's not like that. What? No, I don't know the country. I, I, I don't know the city either. I don't know the street. I don't... No, it probably starts with a vowel. Could you just would you, would you mind checking please I would I would really appreciate it You can't enter a name without a city Why not Well thank you for trying Wait miss it's it's a it's a special case She's dead Well thank you for trying You have a Nice day, too. I'll find you.
1: Don't move. He fingers a glow in the dark globe looking for Eurydice. Scene 13 Eurydice and her father are in the string room.
3: Tell me another story from when you were little. Let's see.
4: It was my first piano recital. I was playing I Got Rhythm. I played the first few chords and I couldn't remember the rest. I ran out of the room and locked myself in the bathroom.
3: Then what happened?
4: Your grandmother pulled me out of the bathroom and made me apologize to everyone in the auditorium. I never played piano after that. But I still know the first four chords.
1: He plays the chords in the air with his hands.
4: Da-da-dee-da, da-da-dee-da, da-da-dee-da. Da, da, da.
3: What are the words?
4: I, I can't remember. Let's see. Da-da-dee-da, da-da-dee-da. Da, da, Da da di da, da da di da, da da di da, da 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 di da 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 di da, da da di da, da da di da 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 da.
3: What is what that is noise? noise? Stop singing! Stop singing! Neither of you can carry a tune. It's Awful. Dead, dead, people people dead people can't sing. sing. Not a very good singer. Neither am I. Stop, Stop singing, singing and, go to, and go to work.
1: Scene 14. The father leaves for work. He takes his briefcase. He waves to Eurydice. She waves back. She is alone in the string room. She touches the string. A child, the lord of the underworld. Enters on his red tricycle. Music from a heavy metal band accompanies his entrance. His clothes and his hat are too small for him. He stops pedaling at the entrance to the string room.
3: Knock, knock!
6: Who's there? I'm the Lord of the Underworld. Very funny. I am. it. I can do chin ups inside your bones. Close
3: your eyes. Ow! Ah, See? What do you want?
6: You're pretty. I'm dead. You're pretty. You're little. I grow downward. Like a turnip. What do you want? I wanted to see if you were comfortable.
3: Comfortable?
6: Mm, You're not... itchy? No. That's good. Sometimes our residents get itchy. Then I scratch them. I'm not itchy. What's all this string? It's my room. Rooms are not allowed. Tell her.
3: Rooms Rooms are 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 not allowed.
6: Who made your room?
3: My father.
6: Fathers are not
3: allowed. Where is he? That work?
6: We'll have to dip you in the river again and make sure you're good and dunked. Please don't. Ooh. Say that again. It's nice. Please don't. <laughs> Say it in my ear. Please don't. <laughs> I like that. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down.
1: He blows on her face.
6: I mean that with the nicest possible way. I have a husband. Husbands are for children. You need a lover. I'll be back. See that she's comfortable.
3: We will. We We will. will.
6: Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye.
6: I'm growing. Can you tell? I'm growing.
1: (laughs) He speeds away on his red tricycle. Scene 15. A big storm. The sound of rain on a roof. Orpheus in a rain slicker. Shouting above the storm.
2: If a drop of water enters the soil at a particular angle with a particular pitch. What's to say a man can't ride one note into the earth like a fireman's pole?
1: He puts a bucket on the ground to catch rain falling. He looks at the rain falling into the bucket. He tunes his guitar, trying to make the pitch of each note correspond with the pitch of each uh, water drop. Orpheus wonders if one particular pitch might lead him to the underworld. Orpheus wonders if the pitch he is searching for might correspond to the pitch of a drop of rain as it enters the soil. A pitch. Eurydice! Did you hear that? Another pitch.
2: Eurydice! That's the note! The one, right there!
1: Scene 16. Eurydice and her father in the string room.
3: Orpheus never liked words. He had his music. He would get a funny look on his face, and I would say, what are you thinking about? And he would always be thinking about music. If we were in a restaurant, sometimes I would get embarrassed because Orpheus looked sullen and wouldn't talk to me, and I thought people felt sorry for me should have realized that women envied me. Their husbands talked too much. But I wanted to talk to him about my notions. I was working on a new philosophical system, involved hats. This is what it is to love an artist. The moon is always rising above your house. The houses of your neighbors look dull and lacking in the moonlight, but he is always going away from you. Inside his head, there is always something more beautiful. Orpheus said, the mind is a slide ruler. It can fit around anything. Words can mean anything. Show me your body, he said. It only means one thing. Or maybe two or three things, but only one thing at a time.
1: Scene 17.
2: Here to see. Before I go down there, I won't practice my music. S- some say practice, but practice is a word invented by cowards. The animals don't have a word for practice. A gazelle does not run for practice, he runs because he is scared or he is hungry. A bird doesn't sing for practice. She sings because she's happy or sad. So I say, store it up. The music sounds better in my head than it does in the world. When when songs are pressed against my throat, then only then I will go down and sing for the devils, and they will cry through their parched throats. Eurydice, don't don't kiss dead men. Their lips look red and, and tempting, but but put your tongue in their mouths, and it tastes like uh, oatmeal. I know how much you hate oatmeal. I'm going the way of death. Uh, Here's my plan. Tonight, when I go to bed, I will turn off the light and put straw in my mouth. When I fall asleep, I will crawl through the straw, and my breath will push me like a great wind into the darkness, and I will sing your name, and I will arrive. I have consulted the the almanacs, the footstools, and the architects, and, and everyone agrees. Wait for me. Love, Orpheus.
1: Scene 18.
3: I got a letter from Orpheus.
4: You sound serious. Uh, Nothing wrong, I hope. No. What did he say?
3: He says he's going to come find me. How? It's
1: going to sink. Scene 19. Darkness. An unearthly light surrounds Orpheus. He holds a straw up to his lips in slow motion. He blows into the straw. The sound of breath. He disappears. Scene 20. The sound of a knock.
3: Someone is knocking. Who is it? Who is it?
1: The sound of three loud knocks, insistent.
3: No one one knocks at at the door of of the dead.
1: Third movement. Scene one. Orpheus stands at the gates of hell. He opens his mouth. He looks like he's singing, but he's silent. Music surrounds him. The melody Orpheus hummed in the first scene repeated over and over again. Raspberries, peaches, and plums drop from the ceiling into the river. Orpheus keeps singing. The stones weep. They look at their tears bewildered. Orpheus keeps singing. The child comes out of a trapdoor.
2: Who are you? I am Orpheus.
6: I am Lord of the Underworlds. <laughs>
2: But you're so young. Don't be rude. Sorry. Did you like my music?
6: No. I prefer happy music with a nice beat.
2: Oh. You've
6: come for Eurydice? Yes. And you thought singing would get you through the gates of hell?
2: See here. I want my wife. What do I have to do? You have to do more than sing. I'm not sure what you mean, sir.
6: Start walking home. Your wife might just be on the road behind you. We make it real nice here, so people want to stick around. As you walk, keep your eyes facing front. If you look back at her...
2: (laughs) She's gone. I can't look at her? No. Why? Because. Because?
6: Because, do you understand me?
2: I look straight ahead, that's all? Yes. That's easy. Good. Good.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: The child exits. Scene two, Eurydice and her father.
3: I hear him at the gates. That's his music. He's come to save me.
4: Do you want to go with him?
3: Yes, of course. Oh, you'll be lonely, won't you?
4: No, no, you should go to your husband. You should have grandchildren. You'll all come down and meet me one day.
3: Are you sure?
4: You should love your family until the grapes grow dust on their purple faces. I'll take you to him. Now? It's for the
1: best. He takes her arm. They process arm in arm as at a wedding. Wedding music. They are solemn and glad. They walk. They see Orpheus up ahead. Is that him?
3: Yes, I think so.
4: His shoulders aren't very broad. Can he take care of you? Are you sure? Yes. There's one thing you need to know. If he turns around and sees you, you'll die a second death. Those are the rules. So step quietly and don't cry out.
3: I won't.
1: Goodbye. They embrace.
3: I'll come back to you. I seem to keep dying.
4: Don't let them dip you in the river too long the second time. Hold your breath.
3: I'll look for a tree.
4: I'll write you letters.
3: Where will I find them?
4: I don't know yet. I'll think of something.
3: Goodbye, Eurydice. Goodbye.
1: They move away. The father waves. She waves back as though at an old steamer ship. The father exits. Eurydice takes a deep breath. She takes a big step forward toward the audience on an unseen gangplank. She is brave. She takes another step forward. She hesitates. She is all of a sudden... Not so brave. She's afraid. She looks back. She turns in the direction of her father. Her back to the audience. He's out of sight.
3: Wait! Come back! You can't go back now, Eurydice. Face forward. Keep walking. I'm afraid. Your husband is waiting for you, Eurydice. I don't recognize him. That's a stranger. Go on. It's him. I want to go home. I want my father. You're all grown up now. You have a husband. Turn Turn around. 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 Why? Because. Because. That's a stupid reason. Orpheus braved the gates of hell to find you. He played the saddest music. Even we... The stone stones cried when we heard it.
1: Eurydice turns slowly, facing front.
3: That's Orpheus? Yes. yes. That's him. That's him. him. Where's his music? It's in your It's head. in your head.
1: Orpheus walks slowly in a straight line, with the focus of a tightrope walker. Eurydice moves to follow him. She follows him, several steps behind. They walk. Eurydice follows him with precision, one step for every step he takes. She makes a decision. She increases her pace. She takes two steps for every step that Orpheus takes. She catches up to him. Orpheus? He turns around. Startled. Orpheus looks at Eurydice. Eurydice looks at Orpheus. The world falls away.
2: You startled me.
1: A small sound. Ping. They turn their faces away from each other. Matter of fact, compelled. The lights turn blue.
3: I'm sorry. Why? You I always don't... clapped your hands. I could never spell the word rhythm.
2: On the third beat.
3: A difficult word to spell.
2: You couldn't wait for the fourth. No. Remember, I tried to teach you.
3: Teaching it. Somewhere. A breath.
2: You're always one step ahead of the music. You sent your sense of rhythm, it was off. I would say clap on the downbeat. No, the downbeat. It, it's dangerous not to have a sense of rhythm. You lose things when you can't keep a simple beat. Why'd you have to say my name? see?
3: I'm sorry.
2: I know we used to fight. seems so silly now. If,
3: if ifs and ands were pots and pans, there'd be no need for tinkers.
1: Why? They begin walking away from each other on extensive unseen boardwalks, their figures long shadows looking straight ahead.
3: If ifs and ands were pots and pans, there'd be no need for tinkers. we to see. I think I see the gates, the stones, the boat. It looks familiar. stones look look. happy to see me. Don't look. Whoa, that's the happiest I've ever seen them.
2: Think of the things
3: we did. Familiar. We went ice skating. Our house was-
2: I wore a red sweater.
3: Red door and we had two cats and two dogs and two fish that died. Will you talk to me? The train looks like the opposite of a train.
2: Eurydice! We've known each other for centuries. I want to reminisce. Remember when you wanted your name in a song? So I I put your name in a song. When I played my music at the gates of hell, I, I was singing your name over and over and over again.
1: Eurydice! They walk away from each other on extended lines until they are out of sight. Scene three.
3: Finally, Finally, some peace peace and quiet, like Like the old old days, no No music, no conversation. conversation. How about about that? that?
4: With Eurydice gone, it will be a second death for me.
3: Please, sir. We're tired.
4: Do you understand the love a father has for his daughter?
3: Love is a big and funny word. Dead people should be seen and not heard.
1: The father looks at the stones. He looks at the string room. He dismantles the string room, matter of fact. There's nothing else to do. This can take time. It takes time to dismantle a room made of string. Music. He sits down in what used to be the string room.
4: How does a person remember to forget?
3: It's difficult. It's not difficult. We told you how it works. Dip yourself in the river. Dip yourself in the river. Dip yourself in the river. river.
4: I need directions.
3: That's ridiculous. There are no directions.
4: I remember. Take Tri-State South 294 to Route 88 West. Take Route 88 West to Route 80. You'll go over a bridge. Go three miles, and you'll come to the exit for Middle Road. Proceed three to four miles. Duck Creek Park will be on the right. Take a left on Fernwood Avenue. Continue straight on Fernwood past two intersections. Go straight. Fernwood will curve to the right leading you to Forest Road. Take a left on Forest Road. Go two blocks. Pass the first entrance to the alley on the right. Take the second entrance. You'll go about 100 yards. A red brick house will be on the right. Look for Illinois license plates. Go inside the house, in the living room. Look out the window. You'll see the lights on the Mississippi River. Take off your shoes. Walk down the hill. You'll pass a tree good for climbing on the right. Cross the road. Watch for traffic. Cross the train tracks. Catfish are sleeping in the mud on your left. Roll up your jeans. Count to ten. Ten. Put your feet in the river
1: and swim. He dips himself in the river. A small metallic sound of forgetfulness. Ping, the sound of water. He lies down on the ground, curled up, asleep. Eurydice returns and sees that her string room is gone.
3: Where's my room? Where is my room? Answer me. It's none of our business. What are you doing here? You should be with your husband. Up there. Where is my father?
1: The stones point to the father.
3: Why is he sleeping? I've come back. He can't hear you. It's too late. What are you talking about? He dipped himself in the river. My father did not dip himself in the river. He did. He did. We saw saw him. him. He wanted some peace and quiet. He did not. Listen, I'll teach you the words and we'll know each other again. Ready? We'll start with my name Eurydice. E U R. Y. He can't hear you. He can't see you. He can't remember you. I hate you. I've always hated you. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Listen. I'll tell you a story. He can't hear you. He can't see you. He can't remember you. Try speaking in the language of stones. Hmm. It's a very quiet language, like if the pores in your face opened up and wanted to talk. Stone? Rock? Tree? Rock? Stone? Didn't you already.
1: She holds her father.
3: Didn't you already mourn for your father, young lady? Some things should be left well enough alone. To mourn twice is excessive. To mourn three times, a sin. Life is like a good meal. Only gluttons want more food when they finish their helping. Learn to be more moderate. It's weird for a dead person to be morbid. We don't like to watch it. We don't like Mm -hmm. to see it. It makes me uncomfortable. Don't 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 cry. cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Learn the art of keeping busy. It's hard to keep busy when you're dead. It is not not hard. hard. We keep keep busy busy, and we we like it. We're busy, 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 busy busy stones. stones. Watch Watch us us work. Keeping still, keeping quiet, it's hard hard work work to to be a stone. 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 No time for crying. crying. No, no, no. no, no. I hate you. I've always hated you.
1: She runs toward the stones and tries to hit them.
3: Go ahead. ahead. Try Try to to hit hit us. us. You'll hurt your fist. You'll break your hand. Ha, ha, ha.
1: Enter the child. He has grown. He is now at least ten feet tall. His voice sounds suspiciously like the nasty, interesting man's.
6: Is there a problem here? No, sir. No, sir. you chose to stay with us, huh? Good. Perhaps to be my bride?
3: I told you we're too young. I'll be the judge of that. I've grown. Yes, I see that.
6: I'm ready to be a man now. I'm ready to be a man.
3: Please, leave me alone.
6: I'll have him start preparing the satins and silks. You can't refuse me. I've made my choice. I'm ready to be a man now. Can I have
3: a moment to
6: prepare myself? Don't be long. The wedding songs are already being written. They're very quiet. inaudible, you might say. A dirt-filled orchestra for my bride. Don't trouble the songs with your music, I say. A song is two dead bodies rubbing under the covers to keep warm.
1: He exits.
3: Well, 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 well. You had better prepare yourself. There's nothing to prepare. You had better comb your hair. You had better find a veil. I don't need a veil. I need a pen. Pens are forbidden here. I need a pencil, then. Pencils, too. Damn you! I'll dip you in the river! Too late. Too late. There must be a pen. There there are. There must be.
1: She remembers the pen and paper in the breast pocket of her father's coat. She takes them out. She holds the pen up to show the stones. She gloats. Pen. She writes a letter.
3: Dear Orpheus. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. I was afraid. I'm not worthy of you, but I still love you, I think. Don't try to find me again. You would be lonely for music. I want you to be happy. I want you to marry again. I'm going to write out instructions for your next wife. To my husband... Next wife, be gentle. Be sure to comb his hair when it's wet. Do not fail to notice that his his face flushes pink like a bride's when you kiss him. Give him lots to eat. He forgets to eat and gets cranky. When he's sad, kiss his forehead and I will thank you. Because... He is a young prince, and his robes are too heavy on him. His crown falls down around his ears. I'll give this letter to a worm. I hope he finds you. Love, Eurydice.
1: She puts the letter on the ground. She dips herself in the river. A small metallic sound of forgetfulness. Ping. The sound of water. She lies down next to her father as though asleep. The sound of an elevator. Ding. Orpheus appears in the elevator. He sees Eurydice. He is happy. The elevator starts raining on Orpheus. He forgets. He steps out of the elevator. He sees the letter on the ground... He picks it up, he scrutinizes it, he can't read it, he stands on it, he closes his eyes, the sound of water, then silence. The End